1: Welcome to your partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and this podcast is ranked in the top 2% of the most popular podcasts globally, and I am so proud of that. But I have to tell you, it's not because of me. It is all 100% because of my incredible guests, and they join me every week from all over the globe, really. So I am honored and blessed to share time with people who are at the top of their game, and they join us, and they are willing to help you get to where you want to be in life and in business. These are not people who hold back. Their goal is to share with us the essence of peak performance. So this is a quote. Now, personal branding is no longer optional. We all have to hit the reset button to compete and succeed. If you don't brand yourself, other people will, and I guarantee you they won't brand you in the way that you want to be branded, Catherine Caputa So my guest today is Catherine Caputa, and she's a personal brand strategist, a speaker, and award-winning author. I have her book on my desk. She is the founder of Self Brand, and from Madison Avenue to Wall Street to the halls of academia, Catherine has perfected her ability to market products, places, and companies. Yet she came to appreciate that one of the most important applications for branding is, believe it or not, not for products. It's for individuals to define their career identity and create their own success. Catherine has given branding presentations and conducted employee workshops at many of today's most innovative companies, such as Google, Microsoft, PepsiCo, Intel, Merck, Unilever, and Citi. And she has been ranked in the top 30 global gurus in branding. Catherine, welcome back to your partner in success. It's good to have you back. Thanks for having me back, Denise. Great to be here. Well, we had such a fascinating conversation the last time you were here, and it wasn't that long ago, two or three months, I can't recall now, but I remember saying, we're not getting as far as I wanted to get here. Can you come back? And of course, (laughs) I did it on the radio, so you couldn't tell me no, so thank you.
0: (laughs) Well, it's always great to be here. You know, and I was struck when you were giving the introduction that one of the things that people say to me all the time is, it should just be about the work. What is this, you know, baloney with branding? It shouldn't be about whether people like you or how well-known you are or how how they perceive you. It should just be about the work. But the reality is it's never just about the work. It's always about something more. And I think today, you know, we're in a time of change, you know, Denise. Uh, we went through a pandemic, you know. Now people are getting back to the office more, um, But branding, I think, is more important than ever because Zoom is going to be a part of this. And, you know, there's going to be a lot more options the way people, you know, succeed at work. And I think you want to have everything in your arsenal,
1: you know, that you can use. Oh, I agree with you. Listen, I've said this on this show for many, many years. People have to know you, like you, and trust you. It doesn't matter if you're checking them out at the Piggly Wiggly. They need to look you in the eye and go hey, you're a nice person right? You know, or you're you know, whatever it is. But, you know, we all have auras, right? We can almost right. instantly tell if somebody is, you know, stay away from that person. So what is wrong yeah. with knowing you, liking you and trust you? I don't get it.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting because, it, you know, people make an opinion about you. It shows like a recent study showed in like two seconds or less, people see somebody and that whether it's the aura they pick up on what this person is really about, whether this person is authentic, honest, or a sham, or whatever. We, it's like visual and verbal clues that we get that are almost instantaneous. I mean, one study out of NYU showed in one quarter of a second, people peg somebody, whether they like them or not. And so that's important to understand. How do people perceive you? You know, how what is that, you know, one second point of view that people get on you,
1: uh, get about you? That's an important thing to understand
0: and and take charge of.
1: It is. And you just reminded me of something that happened many years ago. But I was driving and I saw this guy standing on the street corner and instantly I thought there is something wrong with him. I'm willing to bet he is bipolar turned out somebody Mm. I knew knew him, and he was bad, really badly bipolar. In fact, I think he was put into, you know, I think they hauled him off to someplace not too long after that. He needed help. But I could tell. And he wasn't doing anything. It wasn't anything he was doing. It just Mm -hmm. showed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And,
0: you know, that's why I think there's a lot of tips, you know, from the branding world. um, Because one of the things they measure... About marketers measure about brands, whether it's a product or a celebrity, is what they call the Q score, and that really measures how well known someone is or a product is, but how likable it is. And likability is important for brands, and it's important for celebrities. The ones that are the top earners are not only well known, but they're well liked. It's like Tom Hanks. You know, we don't want to have him die. You know, because he's a good guy. And, you know, that's Jennifer Aniston is another person with a high Q score. Well, you know, we're not going to get the Q score that the company develops for brands or for people or celebrities, but we get a Q score too when people meet us. And it's that split second thing about whether they like you or not and whether they feel there's a connection that they have to you and whether they trust you. It all happens, you know, very, very quickly. But, you know, so that's why I think you've got to think in terms of that, you know, how how you're perceived by others because, you know, likability is important and likability, you know, likability was a big thing when we were all in high school, you know, it was a personality contest as much as anything. Well, the business world is that way too, right or wrong. Um, so you really want to understand how others see you and, you know, be authentic and, you, there's a lot of different types of personalities that we all like, but they all are authentic. And that's what, a key thing you want to think about.
1: And I'm so glad you brought that up. I was writing an article yesterday that I need to finish today, and it was about podcasting, obviously. But authenticity right. is so important. You can't pretend to be something that you're just not because it's going to show up eventually. Yeah, yeah.
0: I I think we talked about this a little bit after we did the podcast last time, but you know, your voice is a key thing in a podcast, you know, somebody's voice. And one of the things I was fascinated by when I was writing my last book, The New Brand You, was I was studying this, you know, this whole change into podcasting and so much of our communication now is virtual and the power of a voice. And every one of us has a unique voice. No one Sounds exactly like you sound, and you know voices can convey intelligence or not or being healthy or being sick or being likable, approachable, honest. all of these things. your voice is a very important part of all that, and so it's very yep. important to take control of it. I mean your your livelihood is you know part of your livelihood is your voice, Denise. And I remember, we, you know, yeah. I, I thought about that after our, the podcast and listening to your voice. You have a, a a very, let's say, engaging, but like, you know, kick your he- shoes off and relax with this lady, you know, and listen to what she says. It's any, Anyway,
1: um, well, how do you
0: see your voice?
1: Oh, gosh. I hate, <laughs> you think I'm a lunatic. I hate to hear my own voice if I accidentally hear it. I just because to me, I sound like I'm about to sing happy birthday, Mr. President. I think I sound (laughs) ridiculous. (laughs) Mm. I try not to listen to myself. Right. You know, it's interesting, because the first
0: time I, you know, did a recording and listened to my voice, I thought, that can't be me. That doesn't sound like me. Very few of us recognize how we sound and what that conveys. And so, I mean, that's something every viewer should do is, you know, you can do it on your phone. And then listen to yourself talk, just the audio and what does your voice quality say. Ask other people um, to listen to it and comment what adjectives come to mind when they hear your voice. Um, It's a very powerful
1: tool that you want to use,
0: you know, in your favor.
1: It is. And, you know, we're talking about you as my guest and I've interviewed hundreds and hundreds of people. And I've stayed in touch with many of them, you know, because when I say my guests become my mentor in many ways, I'm not kidding. But mm. the only way I meet you is through your voice and through your writing and through social media. And your voice right. to me is the most important part because I can pick up nuances. I can tell. If you're excited to, you know, share everything that you know with the podcast, I can tell if you really know what you're talking about, and I can probably tell if you've got kids or cats. You know, we, mm-hmm. we can pick up an awful lot, you know, from just <laughs> listening to somebody very carefully. Right,
0: right. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's more revealing than you realize, and um, you can discount somebody and not really listen to them if they don't sound intelligent. And so you know that's a key thing to understand. And you know, uh, they you know, one of the things that psychologists measure is the change in your voice, using your voice creatively to emphasize something, or to get people to listen closer. A lot of things that you can do to communicate you know, more effectively and people re- and have people remember, you know, which was what you want, remember what you said and, and, you know, stand out in some important way.
1: But, you know, and I, this, I you love that you said that. Too. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Um, but, you but, know, and I talk in my book about verbal identity and part of that is your voice and your messaging and things that you communicate, uh, the way you communicate with other people. Um, is all very, very important and, uh, and, and contributes to business success. And I think, um, you know, the, on the other hand, there's, you know, visual identity, you know, the how you come across and, and that's powerful too. You know, first impressions are largely visual. They happen very quickly and we take somebody in and we feel we make a judgment on them, you know, right or wrong, but it's human nature.
1: Of course it is. And people say, oh, you shouldn't be... You know, looking at people, judging them, that's how we keep ourselves safe. Let's just be right. real about it. If you see right. somebody that they may look perfectly fine and they may look beautiful, but you can tell that there's something that you just don't want to be around, move. Get away. Right. This is right. how we keep ourselves safe. It's, it's safe. We've done this all of our lives. We have to judge to some, some degree. We're silly if we don't. Right.
0: Right. No, it's part of survival. And, you know, it's got long roots, you know, thousands of years, you know, and, uh, you know, whether we can embrace somebody or run, you know, is is all determined in a matter of seconds. And so it's valuable intelligence and it's valuable intelligence in the work world, too, because just some people, you just you don't know why, maybe, but you don't trust them. You don't trust what they say. Pick up on those things. That's valuable.
1: It is, and what we're talking about right now, so the audience knows, once they get the book, The New You, How to Wow the Brand, no, I always get this wrong. The, yeah,
0: the new, new Brand, brand new.
1: You, How to Wow the right. New World of Work. And once I read the book, I went, oh, I see why she created the title the way she did. But for those of you who are listening and who need to pick up the book, and I suggest that you do, we're talking right now about chapters 14 and 15 giving brand you the the wow factor but i wanted to ask you because we started out very very quickly and i wrote this down branding yourself and people will say and i can hear him saying it i think you kind of mentioned it branding yourself so why do i need to brand myself i'm part of a big company i just go to work and i come back home that's just dead wrong go tell us why that's wrong
0: Well, no, it's dead wrong because the thing is we're living in a very dynamic world. You know, a year ago they were hiring it like crazy, America's largest companies. And the news this week, Amazon is laying off 10,000, Microsoft is laying off, all kinds of companies are laying off people. And so you don't want to, you know, you want to have control of your life and control of your career as much as you can. And I think that's why personal branding is important because – Um, when you stand out and stand for something as value and you are visible in your company, you know, not only, you know, in your department, maybe in in the larger area of your company, maybe, you know, in outside activities uh, with people at your company and things like that, you'll be much more likely to survive and thrive in in today's dynamic world. And so that's why I think it's important because, you know, it's, You see so many, you know, layoffs now, it's a totally different story. And there are some people that, uh, you know, when you make these decisions, you know, you're thinking of a lot of different categories. Do I know the person? Do I like the person? Have they contributed? And a lot of times people think it's just about the work and they don't communicate to their boss well about here's what I did, here's what happened, and bring stories to life about, you know, successes on projects and stuff like that. You want to be somebody, you know, that's, that communicates well and has a point of view and brings something, you know, is a valuable asset to the company and somebody people like to work with and things like that. So, I mean, it's, it's critical because of the, you know, dynamic world. We're in a world, too, that's global, and you can have competitors from any country around the world that can do your job. And, uh, you know, now we have AI, so we have artificial intelligence um, that's also affecting things. And that's going to change, you know, jobs. I mean, already it's, you know, people are studying it. And, you know, a lot of simple tasks maybe that are repetitive we don't like to do can easily be done uh, with, you know, artificial intelligence. And so you need to add... GBT. Yeah, Yeah, I'm
1: studying it like
0: crazy. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I asked a question, write an essay on, you know, personal branding, and, you know, a minute later, you know, this three-page report comes out that was pretty good. You know, it's um, so it's it's pretty amazing. So a lot of tasks um, are going to be robotized, you know, done by robots or artificial intelligence. And it's important to understand it, how to use it to help your performance, um, Mas- and Seriously. be different. Master it. Master it, right? Exactly. It's going to be a part of this. It's pretty amazing, but it, it already is, is.
1: Right. and it will. But here's the thing: I mean, you can you can create. I mean, there are all kinds of new. You know, people are creating these. Like, well, here, you know, here's the points that you want to, you know, put into chat GPT. You know, they're they're already creating new industries around this. Quickly. Right. Within weeks of it opening up, people were just going, oh, I've got now, do I trust all these? No, it's too new. They don't, I don't think know as much as they ought to know just yet.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. But they will. And I'm watching, but but I'm not buying anything. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it's the world is, you know,
0: we're seeing change that we never saw before, you know, very rapidly. And so we need to be turned on to that and, you know, find a niche that where we add value that, you know, an artificial intelligence can't do any, everything. They're picking up stuff that's already out there. There's always going to be room for interpretation um, and value added. And you need to be part of that. That's, that's the whole thing you want to think about. And, exactly.
1: Uh, and remember – Yeah, exactly. And remember when computers, I mean, I had to have the first computer. It cost me $3,000. It was a very fancy WordPress, not WordPress, word processor. I can't talk today. We don't even use that word
0: word processor anymore. I
1: know, I know. And seriously, it was a boat anchor. It was MS-DOS. I still have Mm -hmm. those. I still don't have the computer. What did you use it for? Because...
0: I remember when they first came out, and they were big and bulky and heavy, and I thought, you know, what are people going to do with this? Well, and, you it. know, people were using it for recipes
1: initially, exactly. and then it
0: took off, you know? Then it took off. It, and the, well, and then we got the, the Internet. Internet
1: what, yeah, 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 the yeah. Internet. But I always knew, I just knew that I was going to build a life and build a, a company using computers before mm-hmm. we had internet before we had graphical user interface before we had wordpress before we had social media i just knew and look i was a jeweler by trade so i jumped mm-hmm. out of that and jumped into the internet and i've been here for 20 years but the thing is when when people say i don't what are you going to do with the computer? What are you supposed to do with this? Well, right. you learn. Right. From. But I'm afraid of it. And I would hear that my mom, oh, my gosh, I'm scared. I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to break it. Well, mom, it's only as good as what you put in it. And it's the same right. with AI. So don't be afraid of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Master it. Right. Master it and embrace it because it's going to be here. And, and I think those are, you know, I remember when, you know, as you said when computers first came out, the savvy people, I had a friend in advertising, she bought one and she was carrying it home with her on weekends and keeping it in the office and but she learned to figure out how it could, you know, increase her effectiveness and stand out at the company and she and it she did. And she did. So, you know, Good for her. Change is always going to happen. And it's always important to understand, to study it, master it, where you fit in, and uh, how you can succeed in this new world, you know, because it's ever-evolving, and that's what makes it interesting. And you're right,
1: it's really, it's coming at us fast and furious. You know, I don't sleep a whole lot anyway, and now I'm like, oh, right. new no, I got I gotta go find out. I need I need to know more. Oh, that's scary. Right. You know, just, right. I'm thinking right. I may never sleep again. But back to what we were talking about just a few minutes ago, we were talking about, you know, when when you're in a company and, you know, you think you're the lone person in the company nobody's paying attention to, there's a quote was well, a, a little section in your book, Being a Jack or Jill of all trades is nowhere's veil in branding. And it's kind of like with your resume, unless you stand out of your, res- your resume and you're trying to get a job, do you know how many of those things are shredded? I mean, they just like, don't get read. You have to show up. You have to show up. And you,
0: you know, I always say oversimplify your message. You want to stand for something that's important, that's different from other people, that's relevant for the current marketplace. Those are the key thing, and that's very focused on one idea. That's why, the, you know, a lot of people are, you read the resume, and it's I can do this, I can do that. Well, that's nowhere. You know, you want to own an idea. Stand for something that's important. You really need to understand your target audience, but you need to, you know, solve their pain. And um, that's a key thing. That's, you know, one of the other things I say in branding is you want to think outside in. Who, who is my target audience? What do they need, and how can I be that person that provides that need? You know, that's a key thing that you want to think about. Um, For example, you know, when I was trying to break into the advertising business, and before that I had worked at a nonprofit, and everybody thinks you can't work in a corporation if you've worked in a nonprofit, you know, and I wasn't getting anywhere. And I moved to New York. I'm looking for a job. I'm staying with my aunt and uncle in the Bronx. I want to get out of there. (laughs) I want to get a job. Um, and everybody would say, you know, well, you're nonprofit background, you're, you know, an academic, um, you, you can't succeed in an ad agency. And so then I decided, well, what do what do they need that I can provide and get them to stop, you know, br- they were branding me. They were branding me as a, a nonprofit-only person that couldn't even get an entry-level job in an ad agency. So basically what I did was, I said, I'm a marketer for difficult products, and I compared working in the nonprofit area with very little money, I had to be more creative in marketing the nonprofit and um, to get people to contribute money and to have successful exhibitions and things like that. And it clicked with somebody because, you know, I got in the door, they you know, and, I, and it clicked because every – and I was targeting ad agencies, but every one of them has – difficult accounts or difficult products. No one ever used that pitch before, and it really made them stop thinking of me as a nonprofit person, as somebody that can only work in art museums or in academia, to somebody that can, you know, work at an ad agency that has a lot of difficult products that they have to market, and um, anyway, so that was my foot in the door, and then once you're in the door, then you have the opportunity, you know, to prove yourself. But that's a key thing to think about: is think outside in. What does the marketplace need, and how can I how can I find that in myself um, to provide a solution to that? And that you know that's that can help you stand out from the crowd. As I say, I've never met anyone that used that positioning before.
1: And see, that was absolutely brilliant. And as you know, I'm a web developer, and when I do my initial consultations with web clients. Everything that they just knew they needed to have or do on their website, we threw out 80% of it. It's not about you. It's what you bring. What do you bring to the table? How do you solve problems? You know, how do you you help? You know, when somebody comes to a marketing agency, I guess, or to a web developer, they want to know what's in it for them. And if we can't provide that, we don't get paid.
0: Right.
1: So yeah, that's the saying, key thing. No, you need to... It is. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Remember I told you no, it, I when thinking, we're on the phone like thinking. this, it, it might be a little bit of a delay. So it's a I mean, lag, right. You. Yeah. Yeah.
0: One of the things that, you know, I mention in the book too is, you know, most of us don't know who we are. You know, the, there's that whole saying at the, the, the in Delphi in Greece, you know, know thyself. And most of us don't know ourselves. And what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are, how we can best package them. You know, that's an issue. You know, that's a real problem. It's very important to know yourself and also know your customer. Who am I really marketing myself to? How can I stand out as somebody, somebody of value? And as I said, that's a focused idea that's different and certainly has to be relevant to what's in the market today. Um,
1: right, and, right. And, yeah. And that's what I was going to ask you because in the book you say branding is about subtraction, and then you beat me yes. to it. I think you're reading my mind. Uh huh. Yeah, that's the key thing because
0: everybody thinks, oh, if I say I can do this, I can do that, I can, you know, I have these skills. It's too much. You need to think about where you want to go. Where's your trajectory? Where, where are you? Where's your trajectory? What's your next job that you want to have? What's the one after that? Sort of have a vision for yourself. And then have a vision of, you know, each step that you need to take and what you need to get there. I mean, I did that throughout my career. You know, I got that first job uh, in, in advertising that way. I'm a marketer for difficult products, and I was there, you know, four years. And then I had friends that, you know, the thing in those days was, you know, to work at a big creative ad agency that was doing a lot of big TV commercials. And I was doing more strategic work. Um, which is obviously very helpful to me today, you know, in personal branding. But, um, you know, so a friend of mine was working at this big, very creative agency called Wells Rich Green that had the I Love New York campaign. And he said, you know, they're looking for someone to work on that campaign. And he said, but, you know, they're looking for somebody with a lot of TV experience, travel experience, you don't have any of those things. And I said, get me an interview. He worked there. So he got me an interview, and the interviewer was saying, you know, what are you doing here? You don't have big agency experience. You don't have big TV experience, blah, blah, blah. And um, I said, but one of the things he told me when we had lunch before my meeting, my interview, he said, you know, I'm not sure you want to be on the account because it's a very difficult client. You have to get agreement with all these politicians in New York to approve the advertising, and they all have different points of view and very difficult to deal with. And the last person, you know, quit after six months or something like that. And I said, you know, get me the interview. And during the interview, I said, you know, the guy said, you know, why, why are you even interfering for this job? You don't have the right background. And I said, well, my specialty is working on difficult products and with difficult clients. And I didn't tell him that my friend told me the client was difficult. And I talked about, my you know ability with my current clients to get consensus and you know achieve things and, and get everybody on board with the the campaigns that we wanted to do and so that was a key thing you know to do your research but i was thinking outside in they were looking for somebody that could manage a lot of diverse you know politicians that had to approve the advertising or provide an input and i looked at my background and the parts that I could tell that story that I was very good at building consensus. And it got me a job uh, supervising the I Love New York campaign. And I got a lot of TV experience in that job. You know, I got a lot of experience. Um, you know, you work with Broadway shows, you work with politicians, all these different people. And, you know, it was a great opportunity. But I would have never had that if I was just a jack of all trades. I zeroed in on that CV and my elevator pitch, I'm a marketer for difficult products and with difficult people. And that was what they needed, you know? So that's why it can be very helpful to, you know, turn the tables a little bit and look at the broad marketplace. What's different about me? How can I stand out? And, you know, what's relevant? How's the market changing? What could change that could hurt my career? And, where could I insulate myself, and what new skills or
1: abilities, you
0: know, can I get that, that could be very useful?
1: It sounds like you know yourself very, very well, and I'm I'm asking myself, to you know, I'm telling myself, ask her this question. Did anybody teach you this, or is just, this just part of who you are? Because you're very, very good at it.
0: Well, yeah, you know, it's funny. One of the strengths that I found that I have is, in this area of strategy and what's going on in the marketplace and how can I succeed? What qualities do I have that match that? You know, for, and and there's a lot of other things that are of value in the thing, but for example, well, I said, I started out in the nonprofit world. I worked at the Seattle art museum. I had a great job there, but you know, I thought, Oh, I got to get a PhD, you know, if I'm going to be successful as, as an art historian. So, you know, I applied, and, you know, when I was at the Seattle Art Museum, um, I was part of the team that worked on a, a big book on the art collection of the museum. And I asked my boss, you know, when they're and, – and I had another colleague said, don't bother asking. He's going to say no. And this other colleague and, and I had done most of the work, the research and the writing. And so I went to my boss, and I said – could our names be under yours on the title page? And he said yes. And my, you know, so when I applied to graduate schools to work in a PhD and I applied to Harvard, I had a book that I could send as part of my application and my name was on the title page. And that would have never happened if I hadn't thought, gee, maybe in my friend you know my colleague said don't bother asking he, you know he's the head of the department he's going to say it's all his but i asked and i said as you know bill and i did uh, most of the work and you know that would be great if we could get credit on the title page so you'd be surprised what you know and so i you know i don't think i would have been able to get into harvard if i didn't have that book as something that that made me stand out and um you know, so you want to think a little creatively and strategically um, and ask for things that you feel that you have a good case to ask for.
1: I have that written on my whiteboard. Just ask. Mm-hmm. Because you're going Just to ask. get a no or a yes right. or a, they ignore you, which is essentially a no. But you don't know unless right. you ask ever. Right,
0: right. Exactly. And I've been told, i told no a number of times when I've asked for things, but you just never know. And that opened up an important door. You know, I got into Harvard, you know, graduate school. Uh, then I decided, you know, you know, five years later, oh, this is not me. <laughs> and um, I think I want to explore advertising. Uh, that was a pretty big mind change. Yeah, where and did that come did from?
1: Well, did it you know, just pop into is, your
0: head? The, well, the thing is, working in academia or art museums it's it's not that dynamic a world and people tend to get a job they hold it on for life it wasn't dynamic and it was kind of like know yourself and then I thought gee this isn't a good fit for my personality I need something more dynamic that's more of the world that's changing more that's not working in an archive you know researching books and you know doing something like that so you know it was kind of you know, my fault that I didn't really think of who I am initially in picking careers, but, you know, you kind of learn on the job sometimes. And I thought, oh, absolutely. you absolutely, know, yeah, I'm not a scholar. I don't want that kind of, I'm not a monk, you know. I don't want that kind of life. And most people in that business, um, you don't see a lot of job changing. It's a very static kind of thing. You, if you get a good, you know, the job I had at the Seattle Art Museum uh, was taken by my colleague, and um, it would have been hard for me even of getting that fit if I finished the Ph.D. It would have been hard to get a job that was as good as that job that I'd already had. So, uh, you know, it was kind of learning who I am and thinking, gee, this is not a good fit really long term. And, uh, you know, you don't have any, you know, choice of switching jobs. There's so few jobs in that art museum world. You know, there are very few, or teaching.
1: I would think so, but it sounds to me like you figured out who you were going to be, not who you were at the time, but who you were going to be, and you set the path, and off you went. Right, yeah, because I think
0: certainly asking can I be credited as a co-author of the book, that was a pretty gutsy move that not every person would make, you know, because I was a very junior person at the time, but... I and my colleague had really project from start to finish. And the tradition in, you know, a lot of these things is the head person gets all the credit. And But, you know, if you approach people in the right way and give a good pitch, you know, and I, you know, in my pitch I said, you know, it would help my career and Bill's career to have our names on the front page. Because if, if you're not on the front page and you're just in the acknowledgments, it doesn't count. You know, people... You know, don't think you, you know, were that involved in it. So that's what, you know, is important. But, you know, I did a lot of thinking when I started questioning whether I wanted to stay in this field. And I think that's something people can do, your audience can do. Do free association. Just take a walk or, you know, lie on your couch and sort of think, where do I see myself going in the future? Am I happy in this job? Is it building on my strengths? You always want to go with your strengths. And um, what's not working for me with this job? Um, How visible am I in my company, in my department, in my, what do people, how do people perceive me? How do I want them to perceive me? You know, these are all questions you need to ask yourself. And begin with free association, you know, that that was kind of the thing. When I first, you know, decided to leave that PhD and leave academia and museum work and come to New York, I was looking in two areas. I was looking in advertising, and I was looking in journalism. And I was originally a journalism and advertising major at Northwestern, and then I switched after my, in my junior year to art history. So I had that background, and then I kind of thought, you know, maybe my, my first career choice was the right one. And I couldn't get a job in journalism in New York. Um, It's very competitive. And people said, you know, you go to a small town, work on a small town newspaper, you know, work on a small town radio station. And, you know, I kind of had my heart set on New York City, you know, (laughs) moving to New York. So I didn't like to hear that. Uh, But as I said, you know, I was also targeting ad agencies. And I happened to finally connect with one that – That like my pitch, difficult products, and said I've got some difficult products here, and I said, give me your tough problems, you know, and uh, you know, then that's how I got my start. So it's, um, you know, you know, you're gonna stumble a little bit, and maybe make some some changes that don't work, but then you change them, you know. It's that's why I say, you know, it's to be successful. It's you know, my formula. You know, people say work hard and you'll be successful. You know, hard nope. work is important, but it's not enough. <laughs> no, no. That's what I say hard work plus branding equals
1: success. And, you know, while you're talking, I've been scribbling all kinds of, you know, notes because of things I wanted to ask you. But we're talking about careers and, you know, careers working for other people largely. But if you're a solopreneur as I am, an entrepreneur, right. we, change, right. we change our brands, too. We change. Look, I was in. Yeah, I've always been a web developer. I build code in my sleep. It's just what I do. I'm a nerd in stilettos. I can literally right. be standing over the the sink or the the stove and cooking something, and I can build a website in my head before I've left the kitchen. I can see it. Oh, wow. It's really interesting mm-hmm. how it works. Yeah. yeah. But at one point when the virtual assistance industry was very young right now, everybody and their grandmothers of VA – but when it was very right. young I added that as an added on service to my company mm. and I did really well with it for a long time until it became grossly overpopulated by people right. who had a keyboard but nothing much else. So I quit mm-hmm. and that was mm-hmm. difficult because I gave up a lot of retainer money but I was sick of it. So we did, we mm-hmm. go to this. And for me and it's what about did you every involve in your brand into?
0: What did you brand your brand into when you got out of so, that virtual? Well, social works. media
1: marketing now, right. which is a completely right. different thing. Right, of course, thing, that's the hot thing. But, right, right. And I'm very good at it because I love it. But I got out of it, and I cried a little bit. I guess it's like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. But once I right. once I was out, I had a relief because now my creativity – came roaring back and I could do something different. So it happens with all of us. But I wanted to ask you, Catherine, because I read your book again. I love this book. And I am at the Elite Brand Experience. And you've got five superpowers of elites. Can you share those? Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, Well, in the
0: book, I deal with the top ten brand strategies from the commercial world of brands and how people can use those strategies for brand you. And, you know, and there's a lot of strengths. And, you know, I have a online assessment test that you can take as a result, you know, to, to sort of give you some information on what your brand personality is and what the best fit is in these top ten. And one of them is elite. And elite, a key thing about elite brands is they're expensive. <laughs> they're it's so if you're somebody that sees yourself as having special knowledge, you know, that's part of an elite, you know, we talk about the, boss, the, the uh, political elite, you know, the Hollywood, the A-list, you know, there's an elite crowd that's, you know, top performers in an area. And a big part of being elite is you have a special superpower, but you're, you're also expensive. So you're expensive and, you, and you're worth it. And so it's a great positioning to have um, because, you know, you're not going to be struggling for money because people have this thing, this perception that this person is, you know, special and worth it. And, um, you know, so getting to the superpowers of elite, and I'm scrambling to get to that section because for each brand, I wrote down, you know, five superpowers. So there's this One, whole
1: set It's on of, page 126. Yeah, I'm there now. Okay, great. Okay.
0: All right. So um, so basically a key thing of elite is you're, you're perceived as the best in class. You know, they, you're, you have to be confident <clears throat> to be an elite. You know, you have to be confident that you're special and that you have some special secret sauce that's worth the money. But perceived as, you know, top quality, ambitious, strong credentials, a high profile. So if you're going to be positioning yourself as elite, you want to get some, some you know, key things under your belt that you could say, I did this, that, and the other thing. Very important. And elites also have elite contacts. You know, they have a Rolodex. They know people. And that's a key reason you hire an elite. Not only they're best in class, but they know people to get a job done in the best way possible. And, uh, you know, I say here, they know everybody who's somebody and then some. And the other thing about elites is, you know, they're busy. They're in demand. You also want to create this perception, whether it's true or not, that you're hard to get. So, you know, if you approach an elite lawyer, well, I've got a lot of clients at the moment. You know, maybe I can get to your situation in three months' time. So you want to create that sense that you're hard to get. You know, they may have to wait a little bit to get you. Um, but, but they're worth it. They're busy. They're in demand. And a key thing about elites, too, is, you know, they look elite. You know, I always say, if you want to, people to think you're creative, you want to look creative. You, people you want to think you're elite, you want to dress like it. You know, they're, they're well-appointed. They have expensive clothes, and they look like it. You know, they, I don't know, many of you watch um, the series uh, Succession, But there was a run, you know, the the key character, Logan Roy, um, wears often a baseball cap, and it's like a wool baseball cap. And there was like a run on people calling, and he's an elite. He's like, you know, multi-billionaire owner of this company, Royco. And, um, you know, there was like all these phone calls to the network saying, you know, where did you get that hat? And it turns out it's a $600 baseball cap. That's from an Italian company called Loro Piano that, you know, uses rare Mongolian cashmere, you know, to make these hats. Oh. And they even have <laughs> ones that are like baseball caps, you know, that are $1,000 each, you know. So it's this whole thing of being well-dressed, well-appointed, looking the part, and the sense that, you know, y- y- this is your reign. You know, this is your entitled. this sense of superiority that I am where I am so denise you're an elite. Tell me why you've
1: chosen that strategy that and I was just wondering that I'm looking at you know y- your five superpowers, and I think I'm pretty darn good at what I do. In fact, I know I'm darn good at what I do because right. I love it right. I love what i do i'm who knew I had a techie mind? I didn't. I had no clue. Mm-hmm. It finally just, right. you know, pop, when I went back to college and got my, my little computer science degree, all of a sudden I said, oh, I have a scientific mind until I got to algebra and then I just failed miserably. But that's mm-hmm. a bunch of made up nonsense. I don't care what anybody says. Right. But right. once I figured out who I was, what I wanted to do, how I was going to do it, I consider myself to be best in class. At what I do. Right. I really do. I'm very proud of what mm-hmm. I do. Does that help? Should Does they? that make any
0: sense? Yeah. No, it makes sense. And I think this is very important for, I think, women in particular to hear. They, a lot of studies show women are too humble. And they feel guilty saying, I think I'm good. <laughs> you know, I think I'm the best. I'm in the elite group of this area of expertise that I have. And I think it's very important. I mean, you don't want to be a braggart. Nobody likes no. that.
1: But no, on totally. the other
0: hand, you don't want to be, you know, they, they say humility is a virtue, but not so much in the business world. And I think that, you know, and the problem is if you're really humble, people might believe you. you know? And that's why you need to feel comfortable saying, you know, I solved this problem and tell the story. Here's how we did it. And own, take ownership of what you've achieved and being proud of it. And a key thing, and that's one of the things I always remark about people with this elite strategy. They're very confident, and they're always making sure that they are at the cutting edge. You know, they stay up to date, you know, and got credentials. And, you know, they stay relevant because they're in the middle of important projects, so they know what's going on.
1: We're always learning, and, you Mm -hmm. know, there's – not a whole lot that escapes our attention. The problem that I have, and I suspect that you have, is cutting some of it out, saying, well, this isn't really what I need to be worrying about right now or learning about right. where is this going to take me. And that can be tricky because I'm intensely curious. Most people like us are intensely curious. And we want to know right. stuff. We want to know how it works. Why is it? Right. What the heck is that? You have to learn to be kind of brutal about what you're going to pay Put your attention on
0: right right no it's it, it's key because otherwise you won't be able to achieve much you'll be all over the place and that's why i emphasize in the book a lot whatever your strategy you choose to take you want to focus on that and bring it to life and each one is different and uh, picks up on different strengths and you know you're obviously an elite too because you're you're at you're, you know, first to do something, you know, you got, you were very early out on, you know, buying a computer, for example, and things like that. And, and the whole blogging, you know, now everybody and their sister is a blogger, you know, but.
1: And a podcaster. Know, we the,
0: and a podcaster, yeah. right. Yeah, 15 that's years, years of podcaster. Right. 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 right.
1: Podcasting
0: is the new thing.
1: It is. And I wish everybody well, but I hope that they will take the time to, Figure out. I'm going to say this right out loud. If your podcast is not making money and it's a hobby, don't spend a right. lot of money on it. Take it easy. Go easy. Keep it simple, stupid. Learn as you go. That's my best. Let advice. me ask you,
0: why are people doing that? Because I've been struck by that. How many people? Everybody's starting a podcast, and then the next thing you hear is they're
1: closing it down. Have and to. because they, they spent a crap money. ton of money. You know, money. On stuff right. That they had no. Listen, a whole new industry popped up two or three years ago. I haven't really been paying attention. But all of a sudden, you know, there were these little industries, little companies. Say, Oh, well, we can edit your podcast. We can edit out the uh and the uh, on. We can write music on it. It's about, as far as I can tell, somewhere between $300 and $500 an episode. Look, Mm -hmm. this is why I do it live. You know, I don't, you're going to hear me yelling at the cat. I've been Mm -hmm. known to say, in your brother's butt out loud. (laughs) (laughs) And I do it live because it's a conversation and I get to to speak with you, talk with you. You don't have to wait for it. An hour after we hang up, it's out there. It's gone. It's, you know, it's all over the internet and I'm back to work and so are you. You don't have to go, well, Mm -hmm. what did we talk about? What the heck? So, you know, I do things my own way. I always have, but, to me this works. But what would happen mm-hmm. I just lost my train of thought. What happened was when new industries pop up and they have good <laughs> reasons or, you know, good copywriters, I'm going to say, Oh, you need to do this, you know, you need to, in my opinion, sanitize your podcast. If it looks like it was produced in a studio or sounds like it was produced in a studio, I think you lose. Again, this is just my opinion. You right. lose a lot of the real stuff, the emotion, the back and forth, the chat, you know, the the opportunity to ask questions. Right. It's, it's just different for me. And when people do this, and they don't have a plan, and they don't have a business plan, and they don't have a way to fund it, they're going to lose. Right. And they're going to lose big. And I hate to see it. Right. Right. Yeah. And
0: I think it. it you know, when it's overproduced and like overproduction values. Um, it doesn't sound authentic, you know, I think no, you were making that point. It doesn't sound yeah. authentic, and um, it's just like another corporate, it's like a corporate video compared to, you know, something that's taken with a phone <laughs> and has, you know, real life to it, you know, so, yeah, and,
1: but, yeah. I've it's been easy to by, do. You know, cool. Yeah, right. you can start a podcast, honestly, with, something like blog talk radio or hello audio. There's so many different things available now and your phone. Right. Don't put right. yourself in debt. Just don't. Right. Right. And
0: what about knowledge? You know, about, I guess I wonder too, like some of these podcasts, you know, is the concept a good one or do the people really know anything that people want to hear? You know, that I don't know. It just is it just sort of took off. There's so many podcasts, there's a lot of great ones and oh, I yeah. love the fact that you can listen when you're taking a walk or driving the car or doing housework and things like that. I I really am a big fan of the the whole podcast industry because I think it's a great way to get information. You know, sometimes your eyes get, you know, too
1: exhausted. It's
0: nice to relax than I listen to a podcast. I know i am not to say?
1: exactly and I'm not one of those people who will sit down and watch movies or even short videos you've got to get my attention within the first 2 to 3 minutes I'm out of there you do. but listening right. that's a whole different thing and I was on an interview for a magazine yesterday and they were asking me a lot of what you're asking me but and, and by the way if if you're ever wanting to do a podcast you call me I'll learn you how I'll teach you everything mm-hmm. I know mhm
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's funny, like people jump on the bandwagon and spend a lot of money and then they realize, gee, I'm not getting, what's my reason for doing this? And <laughs> my, you know, it's, it's like, you know, an open pit here, you know, of, of and it's easy money to quit
1: things. when you see that you're not right. getting downloads, you're not getting sponsors. Why would anybody right. sponsor you when your podcast is old, eight minutes old? I mean, come on. Get rational, mm-hmm. get smart, and be consistent. Like you are, you had mm-hmm. your dream, you had your your interior brand mapped out, right. even if you didn't know it, and you were very consistent about getting out there and getting what you wanted and making it happen. You can't just say, oh, right. well, you know, if this doesn't work in six months, I'm gone. You just can't. right, right. right.
0: Yeah, people aren't thinking it through, you know, and there's always change in a, and things go on that you change your mind about where you want to take your brand. I mean, I moved out of, you know, I had a long career in the advertising business and I became a corporate client, so I moved over to that side because, you know, I reached a point when I was at the last ad agency, Wells Ridge Green, that, um, gee, you know, the ad agency is a young business. There's hardly anybody there that's over 30, you know, so you're pushing 30, you know, you got to find something else. And um, that's when I decided, well, corporate, you know, it would broaden my portfolio. But, you know, then again, I was branded, but not in a way that I wanted to be branded. I was branded as, you know, an ad agency person with no corporate experience, no MBA, you know. So, but, you know, it just goes to show you just keep interviewing and you're going to meet somebody where you have the right pitch. You know, I ended up uh, interviewing for a job in financial services on Wall Street. And one of the interviewers thought I'd worked on the I Love New York campaign for five years. And one of the interviewers said, you know, what makes you think you can handle the investment bankers of you know, Lehman Brothers? And I said, well, my specialty is working on difficult products and with difficult clients. And if I've handled politicians, I think I can handle the investment bankers of Lehman Brothers. And that's how I got the job. You know, it's having a smart rejoiner to why my background is a good fit and I can solve their problem because they had, you know, in that business, you know, people that make several million dollars a year, you know, tend to be pretty strong personalities. And, you know, I I was pretty good at handling, I I liked the challenge um, personally. And so that's how I got the job. So, you know, you're going to evolve. And then later I decided, you know, that entrepreneurial thing, I always thought someday, I'll do something entrepreneurial. Well, I decided the day was now, and you know, I moved over and started self-brand, and you know, again trying to get a different idea. You know, there are a lot of consultants out there. Um, I didn't think I could be successful with all the competition. So the, the newer idea was this whole idea of personal branding, and I thought, well, gee, I think I have something to bring to the party because I have this advertising background. And I can deal with, show how brand strategy from the commercial world of brands, you know, can help you in developing your brand and your game plan for success. And so, you know, that's in essence what my books are about
1: and, um, you know, what I do now. And I'm looking at, and I'm going to just list to the audience because we've only got, gee, three minutes left. It's the quickest hour every, I do this twice a week and, Every time I get to the end, I'm like, God, that went fast. That went too fast. That's what happened with us last time. Yeah. So you've got to come back. But I am on page, on the new brand you, how to wow in the new world of work. And I'm on page um, 185. And it's the personal mm-hmm. brand action plan. Buy this book. Go to that page. Read the whole book, but go to that page, seriously. So, Catherine, before I let you go, is there anything else that you really wanted to share with the audience that I didn't think to ask about?
0: Um, Well, I'm glad you brought up the action plan because the whole thing that's key is you don't have anything unless you take action.
1: And I think,
0: you know, you can have the smartest idea for a business, uh, and I think that's a key thing, you know, people should get involved with. Um, at some point in their life. And in fact, I was reading an article in the Wall Street Journal the other day that 67% of millennials that work in companies want to start their own business someday. So I think, you know, it's a key thing. And so that's what, you know, doing an action plan, developing your brand strategy is great, but you want to take an action plan. You know, think of this next six months, five things that you can do that's going to take you closer to your, you know, your goals that you're setting for yourself. And sit down and just brainstorm and think, you know, what can I do? Where do I want to go? Because if you don't know where you want to go, you're not going to get there. So you want to think about that. And, you know, there's – and if you decide to do something entrepreneurial, there's a lot of advice out there. I mean, I'm, I got involved with uh, SCORE, which is through the uh, SBA, but it provides free mentors, to people planning to start a business. And I have to say, like, I'm very impressed with the other mentors that I've met. You know, there are people that many are still working in the, with their own business and want to give back in some way, or they're retired. Um, so there's a lot of free help you can get, too. So, um, you know, learn about it and partake. Exactly.
1: Oh, well, listen, I agree and with you. And I'm familiar with success. SCORE.
0: Yeah, I'll leave this, uh, throw this out here. But my formula for success is, you know, people say work hard and you'll be successful, but it's not enough. And that's why my formula is hard work plus branding equals success. And that's the key thing you want to think about because, you know, I talk in the book about hard power versus soft power. Hard power is the tangible things you can put on your resume. And hard power is important. You know, it's places you've worked and schools you went to and etc. But you also want to have soft power, which is all the things you can't put on your resume, um, your communication skills, your image, your knowledge, all those things that are so important to career success.
1: And see, I have always termed what you're talking about soft skills. I am Mm -hmm. changing that to soft power. That just makes so much more sense.
0: Right, right. And it's, and it's very broad. It's who you know and who knows you. That's part of your soft power. And you want it, to be yeah. known. You want to be visible. You want to be visible. Visibility is part of branding. But visibility is very important for people because if somebody's very visible in a company, we think, well, gee, he must be better than her because I've heard of him, you know, and I haven't heard of her. So it's something, you know, we're, we all think like that. We're human beings. So you want to be known for something. And it's you know, something that's of value,
1: yeah. Well, before I let you go, tell people where they can find you and how to find the assessment.
0: Okay, great.
1: Um, you can find me at my
0: website at selfbrand.com, S-E-L-F-B-R-A-N-D.com. My new book is The New Brand You, How to Wow in the New World of Work. And in the book, in the end of Chapter 3, is the link to the online personal brand assessment test. So you can take it's 200 questions, but they're all very short and quick, um, and it really gives you a readout of these 10 brand strategies and where you fit on the spectrum, and which two or three might be important for you to develop uh, in terms of your personal brand. It really gets into your preferences and the questions, and, and the brand personality is different from each of these 10 positioning strategies. So it's really an additional way that you can look at yourself, at your strengths, um, based on your personality, your preferences, and your strengths. Perfect.
1: com. Right. And mm-hmm. thank you. Bye. Catherine, thank you so much for coming back. I really appreciate it. And it's always wonderful speaking with you. And I thank you for all the terrific tips and advice that you've shared with our audience. And audience, listen to me grab the book. We've mentioned it several times, but it's a terrific book. And if you are looking to figure out who you are, how you're going to show up in the world, how you're going to show up in your own business or somebody else's business, this is this is an important part of my entrepreneurial library. I'll just put it that way. So before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us iTunes, Audible, anywhere that you you know wherever you go, wherever you consume your business podcasts, you can find us. The truth is you can't throw a stick on the Internet without hitting your partner in Success Radio. So find us and take us along on your success journey. Catherine, thank you so much. Thanks
0: for inviting me. I loved it. Thank you.
1: Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.